Entry 6. The spores I recovered from Gargamelovsky's laboratory have taken root. This Smurfagria hapidimus is a remarkable specimen, already budding into a vibrant blue hue, with several growths that almost look like appendages. I can only hope Gargamelovsky's failed research into feline cognivity doesn't spur him to taking back these most promising samples. Entry 13. Truly, this is a scientific breakthrough on the scale of Mendel or Darwin. The Smurfagria have uprooted and developed simple ambulatory systems. They seem full of nervous energy, almost as if desiring some sort of task to occupy their most intense focus. I shall isolate these Smurfs into different activities and gauge their progress. Entry 24. In addition to their intense mental focus, this breed of phytohumans seem quick to imprint like a baby bird. They have taken to calling me their father, and seem to see me as one of their own. However, they are rambunctious and territorial organisms, constantly fighting amongst themselves. I will continue to observe this most intriguing biological oddity. Entry 38. One particularly grouchy Smurf ritualistically dissected one of the more pretentious Smurfs in the colony's communal dining area. Something must be done to prevent these organisms from self-destructing. Perhaps I am biasing my scientific investment, but I've decided to institute myself as their religious leader, using simple scientific processes to convince them of my divinity in the guise of magic. I've taken to garbing them in uniform vestments to build their sense of community with me as their leader. Only time will tell how this colony will develop. Final entry. I've flown far too close to the sun, my hubris my own undoing. These smurves have dismantled all surrounding ecosystem in their religious fervor. Even in my dreams I see their grinning faces, orgiastically frolicking among squirrel entrails. I've made the decision to abandon this crop of blue hellspawn and begin my research anew. I've contaminated the water supply, and soon they will pass mercifully into one of the more shocking footnotes of scientific progress. I weep for these Smurfs' lost potential. They were good. It's pretty fucked up. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, make sure you uh, silence my audio because I think I made some noise. But... Yeah, that, uh, of course. And I'm going to put in like a Prometheus and Bob style, <laughs> you know, clicker. Like, you know, day 21, boxing. <laughs> ben, that, that's, that was really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you saying it's no good? No, it, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> it's fucking weird, Ben. What is that? Not how you saw these? This show? Not really. Mm, interesting. <laughs> I mean, once they once they established that Papa Smurf was a scientist magician, I just dug my heels in and didn't let go. 
Uh, well, I mean, it's like in a He-Man sense, right? It's one until it's the other. I I, I don't know. I I think it's because it's all coming from the same dude. I think that's less reproducible. Like I, I don't think it's quite the same situation. I'll be honest. I faded in and out of your monologue, so <laughs> curious yeah. to see how that ends up sounding. <laughs> So did I. <laughs> I think I started becoming slightly Australian, but it's fine. Anyway. Shock week um, down in Smurf Town. <laughs> Smurf, Smurf week. Smurf, <laughs> Smurf week. Uh, all right. Um, let's get started. Boy, it's a big one. Almost four apples. <laughs> <laughs> well within a Gaussian distribution, but blimey. <laughs> All right. I wasn't aware he was that mathematically inclined. <laughs> All right. Let's get started, Zane. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Ben. And I'm Zane Smurf. And uh, this is the Carton Cast, where we watch old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. The and Smurf today Ton we cast. are watching Hamtaro. Yes. I mean, like pretty much. All the little adjective Smurfs. Yeah. <laughs> and their predictable plot lines. Mm-hmm. And the big one's in charge. A comforting lack of Laura Harunas. <laughs> the, these are all pretty stocky. Well, we have um, our own human figure who's problematic in his own way. Oh, you mean you, you mean Dr. Crocker? <laughs> <laughs> That's all he is, man. Man, there's um, a there there's a lot of influence of the show on other things in really odd ways this is such a weird little thing like <laughs> it, it the intense popularity at the at not that much content that is not that well described is is very funny ben could you imagine like looking at this show if nobody had heard of it it would have been baffling i mean it still is kind of baffling like there's pretty enough baffling. Of a, there's it, it's enough it's enough part of our historical record rather than our lexicon that it's still sort of baffling how it how it even happened. The historical record. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the pilgrims landed at Smurf Rock. I'm saying when 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 the aliens come down, they're gonna get a record of the Beatles and a VHS copy of the Smurfs. <laughs> From which season? Because they they vary a bit. Do they? I jumped I, around. I just and watched I... three random ones. I don't even know where they were picked from. There's. There's nine seasons of this show, and it's... Uh, and two current movies, like two recent movies. They ran out of ideas. And several dozen video games. W really? Several dozens. I had no idea. <laughs> I I didn't know. <laughs> we were fools. <laughs> Zane, why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us the production history, because I'm sure you looked it up and saw how funny it was. Yeah, so the Smurfs began as a comic strip in 1958 uh, by Belgian artist Peo. Yeah, uh, real name Pierre Culliford. Yeah. And it's really funny, because he came up with the we came with the Smurf. I'm just gonna like be replacing nouns with Smurf for this entire episode. Oh, that's what I thought we would do for an intro. Is uh, not have an intro and just do that the whole time. Well, let's just do it for the next intro. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work out. Kirby, Smurf right at you. <laughs> but yeah, t tell me, uh, t tell us yeah. about that story. So, <laughs> the way he came up with the term was he was having uh, lunch with a fellow artist or a, a comic artist and. Um, he wanted to ask for the salt, but he wanted to do so in French, uh, it not being his <laughs> it's native not language. Like, it's not like that. It's like he is French. 
Wait, I thought he was. He's, I thought he was a. Uh, he's, no, he's, be- he's Belgian, but like you made it sound he like French. he couldn't remember the French word for salt. Yeah. As though he wasn't also just regularly speaking in French. I thought he wasn't. Uh, I'm pretty sure he must have been. All right. Well, well whatever. <laughs> but it's not. It's not important. He couldn't remember the word for salt, so he just said, "Yeah, the the dear Stromples or whatever it was called." <laughs> give me the Stromplen. Yeah, give me that stuff. In, in a way that sounds very like. I don't know. Like, that's something that happens today. <laughs> it doesn't seem like... I don't know. There's this weird thing where, like, I expect, like, artists from past generations to have been a little bit more dignified, I guess, in yeah. their speech patterns. To, so to hear one of them just being like, yeah, stromping. Something with stromps. Yeah, he and his friends were like, funny. oh, that's a great funny word. Let's use it for everything. And then... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They... It's like uh, it's like squanchy from uh, Rick and Morty. Like the language is just entirely context sensitive. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they were less stromps. <laughs> uh, yeah, it sounds so much more dire than what it became. <laughs> there's too many. There's too many consonants for French. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a nonsense word, and it, it translated into English as the Smurfs. Well, Dutch actually. Right into Dutch and then into English. It's a nonsense mm-hmm. word. It doesn't translate. Right. I don't. E- I don't know how you. I guess they just like letter by or like, uh, uh, phoneme by phoneme or something. And then it's... next up after the super friends, it's the Stromphs. They Stromphs. Um. But yeah. So Hanna Barbera turned this comic strip into a cartoon that ran from 1981 to 1989. So that whole eighties. We've looked at eighties cartoons before and. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of an evolution there from uh, from the early, um, you know, very limited animation stuff of the yeah, early 80s. Yeah, referred to, to colloquially more... as the dark age of animation, where it was big into merchandising and PSAs and blocky limited animation. And moving into the more DuckTales, like, uh, of the late 80s, and you... Mm-hmm. Starting you know, the cartoon revolution. It's not a hard and fast evolution, but you can see some of that sneak in. Uh, they go on more fantastical adventures as the series progresses. That's interesting. I, I didn't really note a progression because I only watched a few episodes. The The ninth season's plotline is just they're traveling through time and every episode's a different place in time. Well, fuck. It's straight out of DuckTales. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, That and this is a perplexing... Uh, it's weird to look back on this show because it's just beyond my local reco- recollection. Like, I was born in 1989, so this wasn't on when I was around, like, even a little bit. So I got most of my cultural appreciation for this from just, things Things that were making fun of it. Yeah. Uh, things were, like, either borrowing from or straight up mocking, really. Right. Um, and... I think I'm like I'm probably sure I've seen a couple episodes on Boomerang from time to time, but moreover, they're just kind of like the thing I remember most from for the Smurfs is that one Cartoon Network uh, like ask questions about cartoons commercial. Oh, yeah. With at the end, they say somebody asks, "Why are the Smurfs blue?" and then I guess Grouchy Smurf goes on like, "We're not. We're green. Adjust your TV." And that's that's everything I knew about Smurfdom. It's pretty cute for a long time. And I legitimately thought that my TV was fucked up when I was like four or something. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to kind of look at, you know, why this show stuck around and was so popular. Um, 
and what distinguished it from other shows of the time because, you know, on its own, the episodes themselves aren't too different in terms of, like, what's going on. These are the sort of plot lines you could see in pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to try and figure out, like, what made this stand out and survive. I want to say right place, right time, but that's yeah. sort of intellectually dishonest. Like, I I can't speak for you. I was shocked that I didn't immediately hate this show. I did immediately hate it and grew to enjoy it because I made up a game like, oh, man, I'm just going to, like, say out loud what's happening as it happens, and that's so much fun. (laughs) Do you mean, like, using the actual nouns for smurf words or just, like, describing what you're seeing? Oh, greedy smurf turned into an egg beater. That's neat. (laughs) Yeah, like, just... Uh, like, like Mark Lilly walking around in MC Escher painting. Like, mute this show and provide your own narration. It's not bad. That is, that is a fun fucking game to that play. That is a good drinking game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I gotta tell you, I didn't hate this show. I thought I was gonna. I did not. Well, let's talk I, about, I think um, that the, the form of the Smurf is actually pretty, like, it's iconic for a reason, mm-hmm. and I think it translates really well, like, to a, to a cartoon medium. Right. Like, they're sort of likable and yet mischievous it's a good mix mm-hmm. um so why don't why don't we talk about what the show is actually about okay so uh this show is about papa smurf um cultivating or harvesting this crop of blue humanoids as a biological experiment his rival his corporate rival gargamel constantly trying to steal his secrets a la Flintstones versus the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah. The plot too good to use only once. <laughs> um, I mean, it must be genetic engineering. They're all male. Except uh, the ones well, that we see created out of, like, clay. That was that was, that was was Papa Smurf's only trick. But, of course, Gargamel's got a pri- proprietary formula. He's the one who introduces this other gender. <laughs> like in Jurassic Park. Exactly. Well, He's they, the they don't go into it until very late in the ninth season when He's... Papa Smurf has to run away from the, 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 the colony that he inducted by using the Lysine contingency. Ben, we're the dinosaurs. We're really not. Uh, but but so the the Smurfs are a race of small blue fairy tale like creatures who they live in the forest in perfect harmony with each other. They were good. They're what? They were good. They, they were good. It's some fucking weird thing that the narr- opening narrator says. <laughs> Just so. Uh, um, but each of yeah. them is given this like small range of emotion or specific activity to work in and like have a personality in, but they can't be too different. It, it's adjective hamster again, I thought. It, it really is. I, I thought it was going to be a lot narrower than adjective hamster, but in fact, I think like you you do get a few whose emotional spectrum are are pretty harshly defined like grouchy smurf or oh, whatever hated him but most of them <laughs> are I like I see the irony in that now <laughs> yeah it's a pretty meta show the the for the most of them they're they're all like a bunch of howdies and oxnards you mm-hmm. know like they they do have like one thing that mainly defines them but they're also like contributing members of uh, of of society such as it is yeah this communist utopia i i actually also wrote down communist utopia. during the height of reaganism <laughs> yeah and gargamel's mccarthy <laughs> um well that's the thing that's the question are they communists or are they nazis 
I, I thought they might be working in a post-work society for a you while decide. until I've constantly found them uh, moving wooden beams in every episode. Yeah, man. Got to put those wooden beams up. They, they have a they have a really good uh, wooden beam like industry <laughs> that they trade with pixies from the next town from the next mushroom over. Yeah, it's fun to like talk about Smurf society more than anything else. Like, I, I think we're gonna probably make the Hamtaro comparison a good number of times in this episode. This show does win out over that show in one huge way, which is just the world that they live in is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it's a world where science magic exists, and one mean man wants to either kill or eat them, depending <laughs> on the episode. Well, his his motive... So, the, Gargamel... I mean, he's the instigator of the whole plot, so we can bring him up right now. Right. Um, fascinating character, I have to say. This is weird. What a weird dude. So he has he's like the main antagonist of the series. He's in the intro. Um but his I think motivation he's supposed to represent humid hubris. Well, kind of. Mm. Like th- this is one of the like uh reasons why some people think that the Smurfs are more Nazis than communists is cuz this guy is clearly like a Jewish caricature. Oh, so he is. Uh, but his motivation for catching the Smurfs varies. So at first he just hates them because they're happy. And then he's hungry. And then he's like, I want to eat them. I, I want to trade for years. them. I want to enslave them. I'm going to turn them into gold. Oh, you saw that one too. Like, it's it's a bit bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, and it, it, I mean, he, so this is one of those villains that I don't mind being inconsistent because it's really, he's really all about flavor and not so much about substance. I really didn't like him, actually. I no thought kidding. he was going to be my favorite part, but... I found the episodes where the antagonists were not Gargamel were a lot better. I did not realize that this show had other antagonists. Oh, yeah. Um, but what I did notice about Gargamel is that he kind of sounded like Invader Zim, and that got me through it. Interesting. Like, in, in terms of what he said or just the sound? The, the yeah, Just the voice patterns, I guess. Well, he's voiced by um, Paul Winchell, who was Tigger and a live-action oh. actor. Also, oh, interesting weird. fact... He invented the first artificial heart. What? Yeah. How? Him, him and Dr. Heimlich teamed up to make an artificial heart. How many and then Smurfs he went into voice acting. Take? How many Smurfs did that take? Smurf tissue is really resilient. Under yeah, they're certain, like, in a certain pH range. They're like blue stem cells. It's like how, remember in Breaking Bad, it was blue meth? Same idea. <laughs> yeah, baby blue. Um, <laughs> so I guess maybe we shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> this episode is getting off to a really strange start, Zane. Let's uh, let's go back to the top. Um, I get I, like I guess we didn't really describe what the plot is about. I thought it was kind of even-handed in whether or not the conflict. I mean, I guess the conflict always stems from Gargamel, but it the also seems comes like there's from within. <laughs> I think there's also like a there seems to be like an inter-colonial uh, kind of low boil on Smurf society. At all in what times. way? They seem just, to just the tension a lot. between each other. Well, they seem to infight a lot. Like they they get along for the most part, but every so often one of them will kind of be the the crux of the episode where everyone's just like, "Well, the, well, that Smurf being an idiot or something like that." Right. I mean, they their their actions are the these personality traits that are their names. They're such a huge part of their identities that you know they're gonna clash. 
Right, yeah. Like, Grouchy Smurf is not going to like Lazy Smurf. Right. I mean, I guess Grouchy Smurf won't like any Smurf. Ben, <laughs> you're making the jokes they made. Shit! Pedal back. What is wrong with me? Um, I, I'm like, I've got like a meta, meta humor buffer on today. I don't know what's up. The The episodes where they're just in Smurf Village, like, dealing with their own emotional problems, I did not like as much. I like the more, like sci-fi or or fantasy adventures that they go on and when they played that up it, i found it a little more engaging i think that's interesting because so did i and that's very uh that's very opposite to our usual dynamic where we find the the personal stuff more more engaging but this it's was so a, such a vintage where it was such a thin veneer to what they were trying to say about emotions that it could not carry any actual weight and honestly because the society is so much more fascinating here and the interpersonal stuff is not that fascinating it's easy to you know kind of try to focus on the more fantastic side of it i found it almost similar to garfield and friends um where the the episodes where he's just sitting at home and you know making fun of john (laughs) though great in its (laughs) in in principle that's a great show that i want to watch right um i liked it a lot better when he ended up on a spaceship for some reason When it becomes an episode of Angry Beavers. <laughs> it's a much better show. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the, I mean, the characters are so shallowly defined, even in their namesakes alone, that focusing on any one of them is probably not a strong move, unless it's going to be either Papa Smurf or Gargamel, because they're actually pretty interesting characters. Yeah. Well, let's, um, I mean, let's talk about. Let's talk about the characters and then, like, how the adjective system works. Because yeah. there are a few that stand out as having more than one-dimensional personalities. Right, the the main backup dancers. Yeah. Um, so we have Papa Smurf, whom is such a badass that he is, like, spontaneously generating testosterone, that which gives him a beard. <laughs> this guy. This guy. He's apparently an alchemist. He has a fucking laboratory. <laughs> He's an alchemist, he's an alpha male, he's a he's an alligator. <laughs> he's a courageous consultant. He well, he is voiced by Don Messick, who was the original Scooby Doo. Oh. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, he's absolutely the leader. Uh even if it's not true, your weird conspiracy theory where he made them in a lab. <laughs> I uh, really like it though. But like the Smurfs have no idea what to do when he's not around. Oh, they, they, they almost just sit down and wait for death. They panic. They can't make a plan. He is really a cult leader. Their, their best plan is to try to go find him fast. <laughs> Guys, what if we found him faster? That's all they know how to do. <laughs> um, he figures out traps that Gargamel lays. He's always calm and, com- and, and never complains to his like Smurf underlings. The pressure must be immense. <laughs> it's hard being on top. He has this gem when Gargamel had him captured, and he was telling the Smurfs to t- and and uh, Gargamel was telling the Smurfs to take him to their village, or else like he would kill Papa Smurf. And Papa Smurf's reaction is, "No, let him do with me as he pleases." <laughs> oh God! I'm five steps ahead. <laughs> it's pretty dark. Hey, hey, there's Xanatos Smurf. Yeah, <laughs> so awesome. I don't know if you got the same reaction, but every time he showed up, it seemed like he was kind of cooler than the format would allow for. Yeah, he's definitely larger in scope than the other Smurfs. At least five apples. Like, like he's, he's five a... apples of Smurf in a three-apple bag. All Most of the Smurfs are, like, 
you know, the same class, the same tier, and he's several above. Shit tier. <laughs> shit tier. They're all um, shit tier. He's god tier. Three apples tall, by the way, that's um, that's not supposed to be an actual measurement of how tall they are. That's just a French idiom. That just means really small. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a pocket full of dreams. It's a pocket full of dreams. What is that uh, an idiom for? I don't know. I'll buy a, bro, bro, uh, a loaf of bread with a wink and a smile or something like that. A pocket full of dreams or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe pocket full of dreams is for like a, for like a discreet hand job. So there are Smurfs older than Pop mm-hmm. Smurf? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I really like the phrase discreet handjob. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've said it a couple of times, I'm now using the other term for discreet, which means like quantized units of handjob, which I guess they already are in. <laughs> like a quantized, like per stroke, I guess. I suppose it is kind of quantized. Uh, ben, yeah. tell me. Hmm. Uh, what Ask color does question, a, Zane. <laughs> when you kill a Smurf, what color does it turn? Uh, red like the tip of my dick. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it's this. It's this old joke I found that it's like, you know, if you choke somebody, they turn blue. What color does a Smurf turn if you choke it? And then if you go on the internet and type in choking a Smurf, that's a, <laughs> that's a discreet hand job. <laughs> So, so here's the funny thing about watching Smurfs as a an adult, is that they use this word that means <laughs> most verbs so often that you can replace that with fuck ninety percent of the time, and it works out fine. I'm amazed at how well the language works. He's really smurfing me off today. Oh, well then, do you, do you want me to come back in a minute? Like. I can wait Apparently outside. they did it even more in the comic. They had to like limit the amount in the cartoon so that people wouldn't get confused. I would love to see like a side-by-side comparison of like crude comic gestures that Smurfs are doing and all the words like redacted out and then it <laughs> removes the redaction in like the NSFW version and it's all just the word Smurf over and over again. Oh, like the like the Sesame Street count. Yeah, exactly. Only only plays only only, only, uh, only, um, the the reverse. So at first it's redacted as though it's a bunch of dirty words, and then you just remove them, and it turns out he was saying Smurf the whole time. Yeah, you should cut that, uh, cut that in, or I should explain it. Oh, I, I definitely will, and everybody knows. <laughs> everybody um, knows. Everybody knows. <laughs> um, so yeah, is it? Do you? I don't know if you have anything else to say about Papa Smurf. Um. Because he's kind of just resident badass. I find his scientist nature kind of perplexing. Like, it begs the... Like, I'm sure sure everybody realizes my take on the subject now, but it it, it begs the question of uh, where did this... Where did this society come from? Yeah. Like, he must have been the progenitor in some sense. I mean, you don't really question oh like where where did the first werewolf come from it's like there's werewolves now <laughs> i guess i guess that's true well okay uh, now but, we're getting into like papa smurf is patient myth- zero and mythologically like... the way that the smurfs come about is that every 10 years or so a stork comes and brings a new smurf <laughs> okay I, or or maybe like once every hundred years there's a smurfette and she becomes the ruler of the society. I believe the only Smurfettes have been generated by, like, voodoo magic. Spontaneously. 
yeah like from clay yeah exactly oh like golems well speaking of jewish mysticism yeah did you watch the first episode no this is another reason why it's it there's a there's a nazi parallel is because Gargamel makes Smurfette. This is the plot of the first episode. He makes Oh, I her, didn't realize it was right at the first episode. And she has brown hair, and she's evil. And the Smurfs are like, oh, yeah, you're all right, I guess. And then she goes on this, like, vision quest or whatever. Papa Smurf turns her into a real Smurf. Yeah, as and I she recall, gets, she uh, gets blonde hair. Papa Smurf took her into his cottage yep. and made a real woman out of her. Is that right? That's right. And then everybody else is like, oh, I want I want some of that. <laughs> yeah. Let me see if we can t- turn her hair white. <laughs> 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 All right, that's, that's the only one I have. Um, Smurf, Smurfette is three hand, discreet hand jobs tall. <laughs> <laughs> so Smurfette is actually not that bad. I was no. expecting worse from her. When she's around other Smurfs, she plays the 80s role of hey, there's a woman in our cartoon? Not even that much. Like, she's somehow more feminist a character than Judy from the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not, like, boy-hungry. She's no. actually kind of oblivious to gender roles. And it yeah, seems it just... seems more like she just kind of likes her own... She she likes her gender role more than feeling trapped in it, I guess. It, it seems like she chose it. Right, and it, it's generally shown in contrast to the other Smurfs, who are, like, default male. But mm-hmm. when she has the opportunity to act on her own, like, away from them, she's pretty boss. Yeah, she's not too bad. Like, even when she and a few other Smurfs are, like, in a <laughs> in a discreet unit, I guess, like, in, a in like, a four-pack, um, she's usually the coolest under pressure. Ben, of, I, gotta, I gotta point out, you're pluralizing Smurf. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's twelves. dwarves or elves or something. It's, it's yes. Smurfs, not Smurfs. It's Smurfs. You know it is. <laughs> It could not, not be. It makes me think of Merv in like a, a Home in Alone. In anything terrible, <laughs> Merv. Yeah, Merv's not a real guy name anymore, is it? I, don't, I hope not. He, he, Merv has gone in the way of Gargamel. <laughs> but like Smurfette is such a funny weird. Th- like Gar- uh, Smurfette is the great gazoo of the Smurfs. Because I'm gonna need you to unpack that. Because uh, well, think about her genesis, okay? Magic. She is a homunculus created by Gargamel as a sleeper agent for the purpose of infiltrating and undermining Smurf society. Right. That is not what this show reminds me of at first. Like, <laughs> it, it dipped into, into Wizards briefly. It She's did. She's the Necron 99 character. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, and- like, it's like Sliders or Quantum Leap. <laughs> It's so weird. Just shows like, up in the Smurfs and Necron 99 is like, oh boy. Um, yeah. So uh, the thing that I always think about when um, when tasked with it understanding Smurfette's role is it, it brings to mind the uh, conversation um, from Venture Brothers, one of my favorite moments where they're like, where it's a cutaway to like, the monarchs two top henchmen or not top henchmen but just the ones that show up the most and they're having the stupidest conversation about whether or not smurfs are uh mammals or insects 
Come on, they have one female servicing a large group of males. That implies a species that lays eggs. Oh my god, you're crazy. They are so obviously mammals. Please, she'd be an asterisk 24-7 if she didn't lay eggs. Smurfs don't lay eggs. I won't tell you this again. Papa Smurf has a f***ing beard. They're mammals. But like I said, she's great when she gets to act. Like, she's not limited by this personality trait verb hamster. Uh, I was watching one episode where a Smurf was underground in danger, and everyone else is standing around a hole and just, like, looking in, like, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Maybe Papa Smurf will save us. And she just grabs a rope Jeez. and jumps in. All right. I am now only considering Papa Smurf as a verb entirely, and it's really <laughs> awesome. I'm about to pop a Smurf, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Papa Smurf. Um, Papa Smurf is weird because, like, your deus ex machina character generally shouldn't be in every episode. Like, he's focused on so much. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it renders a lot of the problems moot, but they have the problems anyway. I guess so. Um, you got a siren. I know I do. Do you want to just, can we, can we, can we hold on for just a second? Because I'm gonna actually gonna, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to go back into Papa Smurf, so I wanted to yeah, break yeah. away and start talking about No, Gargamel. I just wanted to say that. Sure. Um... But yeah, like, I mean, the characters are pretty weird, but I think the winner has got to be Gargamel. <laughs> what do you think about Gargamel? I I didn't like him nearly as much as I thought I would. I think he I think he is he's a just, wizard he's a more from verbose, grumpy Smurf. I, I guess so, but like his place in the world is very like again, the character is more interesting in his like just just through existing than through actually you know acting through like showing us his his deal it's it's more like the fact that the character even exists in this world that is it says so much it does because he's clearly like you know they they asked him to leave for a semester at wizards college they're like why don't you take a bit off this whole this whole spontaneously exploding the dean's wife thing is gonna blow over in a few semesters just you know like 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 take sabbatical get get your karma right you know it seems like that to me like where he was like he he's definitely ostracized from some wizard society, right? I'm not sure what's up with him. That or he's just like Doctor Crocker when he finally gets laid off and loses his hair. I think he's senile. I mean, like, that's why he... I think he's Doctor Crocker because his his posture and his obsessive nature, even his speech patterns, everything is kind of the same. I almost like your idea of the Papa Smurf like making these things in a lab and him and Gargamel being a competitor because then like he all his life he's like I have to get the Smurfs like he has to publish that paper first but yeah he's yeah, gone yeah. senile and he doesn't remember why so he just you know his brain generates reasons yeah it's and it and it the the plot kind of bears that out because he seems to be constantly reinventing reasons like as though like it, it's almost an addiction at this point, more than an obsession, like he needs it to function. He needs he needs to hate the Smurfs or want to capture them for some reason. And if it's not a good reason, he'll make a good reason. What else would he do with his day if not catch Smurfs? He has no discernible friends, no love interest. He's got a cat, but you know. Yeah, I, I don't know how he crafted that. What the cat? Yeah. I mean, like I guess of, it could just be his pet, but out of clay dog, like everything I, he makes. <laughs> <laughs> his hut 
Smurfette. He, uh, he he popped a Smurf and uh, <laughs> yeah, he just bought a big bad boom. Pop cat. a Smurf real quick. Don't mind. <laughs> um, yeah, he he more than like there's so little that's shown about him despite being in every episode, and I don't think I wanted more. I think that his role is actually well bared out by his. Like, his character is well borne out by his role in the show, which is just main antagonist. I don't I, know I, if the show could have sustained more plot relevance for his reasons to get the Smurfs. Probably not. Um, you know, I, I think it could have benefited from him having, like, another recurring antagonist friend of his to bounce off of. Because we only see him saying, like, this is how I'm going to get the Smurfs. This is the way I'm going to do it. It's like... um in Power Rangers, uh, Rita Repulsa, right? We we mm-hmm. we cut to and we see her talking and uh, to all of them, and she's like, "No, she needs to defeat the Power Rangers." And you can see her going back and forth on like, you know, why she has to do this. She's a conqueror. She's doing all this. It it's we don't just cut to her and it's like, "Today I'm gonna throw a fish at them." Yeah, the well, I, I don't know if I would put her him as like a Rita Repulsa. I always kind of see him like I'm going back to the whole possible like being banished from larger wizard society thing you know he really reminds me of this kind of c-list antagonist from a larger list that we never see you know you're probably more right yeah the uh like all the other mythical antagonist wizards are like fighting other mythical creatures and he's like (laughs) they're like here you can probably handle these smurfs they're never gonna try and seek revenge yeah, it's almost like this. Is, that's why I, I think that the Doctor Crocker kind of comparison is is apt because very rarely uh, there someone will be a better antagonist than him, and his kind of the fruits of his labor are proven so insufficient compared to the larger like fairy hunting society. Mm-hmm. Um, or or another cogent example, and I think this is actually kind of a similar archetype in a lot of different shows where a villain just needs to exist and not be like the focus, so they make him shit tier. Um, is also the Ice King. Hmm. Kind of does the same thing. But there, there's a, there's a, you know, there's more lore there. There's, there's a lot more lore there, but just distilled into its, like, first season commitment of the Ice King is the antagonist. Right. He, he's only so... The Ice King is the antagonist in the first season, but you never think that he's good at it. Right. And you never think that Gargamel's good at it either. And I don't know why that's necessary, but I think it's right. I think it's the right call in a show like this. Hmm. I, I like, maybe it's just to bring the entire direness quotient down a bit. Like, because this, this, this show is, it, it, it works so much on, you know, positivity and, like, kind of bouncy humor that... A more like if you had like a Doctor Claw hunting the Smurfs, no way. No, yeah, I I think it does have to do with the fact that the Smurfs are so non-threatening that that they're you know they need a shit tier villain. Yeah, exactly. It's matched up very well. Right, or like Chuckle the Silly Piggy or something. Just like Mm -hmm. a villain that is non-threatening enough that we're not that that it doesn't bring the whole tone of the show to a different place that it couldn't bear out. Right, you, you you can't have these long, drawn-out plots where, you know, they're tortured. Right. Although I would. I would accept I would accept a show like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you would. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if Barbecued Smurf would be any good. I feel like it would. 
Well, it depends if they're mammals or insects. I mean, actually, now that I think about it, they look really gamey. Uh-huh. And end of end of sentence. I don't have anything else um, about that. So should the rest of the, the Smurfs. <laughs> should we talk about the assorted Smurfs as kind of a collective? Yeah. They're So there's theoretically like a hundred of these with different yeah, bit no, parts. There's probably we, like five though. Yeah, we we focus on five or ten and none of them have a lot of personality. It's it's a real duck blur. I, I actually thought that their personalities would be more like more unilaterally what they say they are. Oh yeah, yeah. Like so, I, I like, think like the, seven the right, dwarves. The right place to put these guys is between red versus blue characters and adjective hamsters. Okay. Because like, I thought they'd be worse than adjective hamsters, and they are, but not by much. Because the worst thing about them is just that they all look the same, which you don't get with adjective hamsters. But their facial expressions are so critical in selling the differences. Hmm. Lazy Smurf always has his lids half closed. Jokey Smurf constantly has a smirk on his face. Grouchy Smurf, Brainy Smurf. Like... Grou- Groucho Smurf. He's always Groucho wearing those Smurf, goggles. That's right. <laughs> Fake nose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I guess I didn't Can realize that. Can you do a that, Groucho that Smurf is, impression? That is, where your, that is where your eyes are drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um... So much like, so that I did not realize that they had tails. I didn't for a while until, until, until I like, was looking at their ceremonial vestments, and then I'm like, <laughs> "Oh shit, they have they have tails!" And it's the one thing that uh, that Smurfette actually has high heels and a dress, really weirdly, but she has the same hat. Yeah, which is for the true believers. I assume the, the hat marks them as one of their kind. Interestingly, uh, the hat for the Smurfs is a Phrygian cap which were worn by uh, people in early Eastern Europe, where it was associated with antiquity and later became a symbol for freedom of emancipated slaves in ancient Rome. Yeah, so freedom, nature, the simple life. Yeah, it's Communism. Uh, some, sometimes called a liberty cap, which is interesting. Hmm. That, that's, where the, that's where the word comes from because they're associated with freedom. I think that the hat is so interesting. Why? I don't know. I wish I had a better reason. I love the way it looks. Like, I think the sort of, like, floppy, poofy... Like, it's a very French kind of aesthetic, right? But it's also very mild and... and, and Like, it, it sets the tone, right? It sets the tone just like shit to your Gargamel. It, it makes you not worry so much. It's very light and fluffy, like a souffle. I... I didn't look too much into the hats. I could ad hoc something <laughs> metaphorical, but I don't feel like what it. What do you think that I'm doing right now, Zane? <laughs> That's all it is. I mean, uh, like, oh, look at how carefree their lives are, that their hats are in this ornate position, and they stay that way despite them not having the head shape for it. Is that what you want? <laughs> how do you even know their head shape, dude? I assume it's round. They're Gerald's. Like, that head shape could be anything underneath that hat. Um, which which one? But, like, uh, I, I want to go back to what I was saying about them in general, is that the facial expressions sell the differences um, more so than, like, like comparing them to red versus blue characters. You didn't see any facial sp- expressions, so the characters did not matter at all. Mm-hmm, right. Here you at least, like, I kind of liked 
I kind of liked Brainy Smurf, you know? Like, he was a little bit more personable and, like, maybe not personable because of the, precisely what his character is, but he was more relatable and mm-hmm. I could be more invested in him as it, than, like, you know, Dognut69, for example. By the <laughs> way, he just came out of retirement. I think it's great. He's really going to bring the team together. This again. <laughs> I couldn't leave him alone. Um, it, I found it difficult to like any of the Smurfs until I kind of inoculated myself. That's the wrong word. Habituated myself Mm-mm. to them. No, inoculated. I inoculated. Yeah, vaccine um, Smurf. You got what? Oh, vaccine, vaccine Smurf. <laughs> um, which one of them? Which one of them do you think you like the best? Pro. Hmm. I liked Smurfette. I thought she was a real boss. Doesn't, In terms of the count. adjective ones, yeah. Um, handy, maybe. <laughs> handjob Smurf. Yeah, that's the one. He's the one who gives discreet handjobs naturally. <laughs> Do you know? I, I really like the uh, the one with a tattoo of a heart with an arrow through it on his bicep. Oh, um, Husky. Hardy. Hardy. Hardy no, Smurf. It's, um, I don't know. He reminded I, me of Larry the Lobster in SpongeBob, and I like that a lot. Big, big, strong guy. Yeah, just just big, strong guy. That's all it is. I didn't like. I didn't like clumsy. I didn't like grouchy. But most of them were either pretty neutral or good for an o- occasional laugh. Yeah, I, I like Lazy Smurf. Okay, I think no. Brainy is is a is a necessary component to the mixture. And and then there's these like smurfling childrens who have even higher voices they were unbearable jokey had a high voice too i didn't see any of the the children but it's sort of like a it's sort of like a huey do huey dewey and louie uh sort of thing where like just the voices are too high for me to even like them even a little bit yeah i think that's what i needed to get used to before i could say like oh neat this is happening i I didn't mind them like like papa smurf smurfette and then three and and that's a that's a pretty okay that's a pretty okay mixture for it's the a show. balanced party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Rogue cleric. Um, their single-minded nature brings a question to mind, mm-hmm. which is that are are Smurfs born with a talent in hand, or are tasks like assigned to them, and that they just get used to their function? We are introduced to Baby Smurf who I assume gets a real name once his personality develops. Imagine if he didn't. I don't... They're not born with it, but <laughs> he'd be, I'm he'd uncertain He'd grow which up like Babyface from, uh, from Oh Brother, Where Are Thou? <laughs> <laughs> Just I mean, rolling into a bar with a Tommy gun. Like, I'm fucking insane. I mean, it's... It's it's an interesting thing to think about. You know, did, did Handy get into his line of work because he found a pencil one day and they're like, oh, he he's going to be an architect. Let's call him Handy. <laughs> Or <laughs> just started or, beating it off. Or did, he get, that guy. did he get into his line of work? They're like, we're gonna call you Handy. Minute. We're gonna call you Handy Smurf. And then he's like, well, I've got two options here. <laughs> no, I was saying it was just the only work he could find. Okay, it's a tough economy in Smurf Village. There's only so many people who can carry wooden beams back and forth. Somebody's got to satisfy the desires <laughs> the other of an beams. entirely male populace. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think we're good with characters. Yeah. Although I find the Smurfs just as a, as a collective, like the morphology is very intriguing and I never get tired, like hypothesizing why they are the way that they are. Um, do you want to talk about the communist utopia in which they dwell? 
Um, I, I touched on it earlier, but yeah, this, this shunning of modern technology and outsiders. Um, Except for the benevolent dictator who keeps it under wraps dictator. in the guise of Magic Zane. He has control of mm-hmm. all the supernatural things. He knows everything. There's a real, uh, you know, a, a, a real embargo on knowledge. Uh, yeah, Brainy, it, yeah, exactly. Brainy starts to learn a few He's like the Pope things, in that he way. is ostracized for it. He's like the Pope in that way. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. No, he is ostracized. They always toss him out a window like jazz. And and they, they're always working, but they it's for a common good. And so they feel very proud of themselves. End of the day, they go into their Smurf layers. Burrows. The burrow, the hovels. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Are those um, just hollowed out mushrooms? They look like them. They look very similar to like bedrock kind of style houses. Yeah, the, like rounded. Yeah, with just a round, couple of round, windows, round top, like cylindrical bottom. Maybe a window, maybe not. <laughs> and they got like a like a like a town square where they like conduct meetings. I assume. Yeah, try uh, burn the witch. They have the trials. Mm-hmm. Witch Smurf, scapegoat Smurf, <laughs> <laughs> scapegoat Smurf. Oh, nuts! Not again. <laughs> Oh, let's see. We either get Johnny Tightlips or Joey the Snitch. <laughs> Go suck a lemon. Um, so that's interesting. Like, I think that Papa Smurf might have just been in the right place at the right time. Um, because it seems as though, like, like you said, he's sort of doling out solutions to problems that are self-created, and he's keeping an embargo on knowledge, much like, uh, much like the Pope or like you know. Catholic um, Catholic leaders when other people were trying to like understand the scriptures and they're like no 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 we can't translate we have to translate them for you otherwise you stupid idiots won't get it now yeah, go build our walls fight yeah. our wars for us <laughs> except here it seems to have worked well Zane that's because it's coupled here with sexual frustration that is clan wide and the only things they can do is lash out or work and of course, you know that you got and, Andy Smurf and, to pick up the slack, and they have to sing a happy song, or else, or else, <laughs> Gargamel's it's... just trying to free them. He just doesn't remember because Papa Smurf put a put a hex on him. I mean, if you think about it, Gargamel is pretty much just the Magneto to it. Professor <laughs> Xavier, as embodied by Papa Smurf. Now, I'm not going to go down that road. He erased Gargamel's mind in the way that they redact messages outside of the village. In fact, yeah. every time they say Smurf, it's actually a code phrase to get them to submit, obey, obey. I think watching this um, while way too old is actually making it really funny in this unintended way. Because I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> the humor of this show comes from what you put into it. Y- you have to. Much like the Smurf language, it's entirely context sensitive. So if you go in expecting them to say swear words behind every Smurf redaction, yeah. um, which is now what I'm going to use in place <laughs> of like a never say die rule as a Smurf redaction. <laughs> Smurf redaction. Smurf redaction. As opposed to a Smurf reduction, which is what Gargamel really wants to try out. Eat a tincture of Smurfs. Um, but yeah, like the here's a funny story. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the the show itself. Uh, after I watched the first episode, I literally looked up when they started uh, banning lead in gasoline. I beg your pardon? <laughs> what does that uh, mean? 
You know how they banned, uh, they used to put lead in gasoline? No. Oh, yeah, unleaded, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched the first episode, and I'm and this was before I got used to it. Uh, and I'm like, oh, God, this is, how dumb were people? And I look <laughs> it up, and it's like, oh, <laughs> not yet. Um, the, the funny thing about this show is that it's kind of, it's almost, the way you can watch this, which I think is the best way to watch it, is sort of avant-garde. <laughs> Like, the humor is so obvious as to be next level. Like, the serpent bites its own tail. Yeah, it's like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. We're expecting... We're expecting more complicated jokes so that when the easy jokes come by, we're actually kind of thrown off our game. Yeah. For for example, um, the the subject of the show is Jokey is playing pranks on all the Smurfs. Um... God, I hate it when you say it like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first one opens Then the pres- title is The Smurfs. It's like <laughs> clearly... Misspelled. It's a mistranslation <laughs> from the original word that is totally not fake. Les Strompes. Strompes. So the, the, the show opens with Jokey playing his prank. The first Smurf opens a present and is hit with a bomb. Right. The second one, like, whole scene goes by. Jokey starts laughing. The other one's like, one of these days, Jokey straight to the moon. Why, yeah, yada. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the next scene. Shemp Smurf. Shemp <laughs> Smurf. Jeez. There's, a, there's an image. The three, the three Smurfs. <laughs> yeah, there's a show there. Um, the next scene is him doing the same thing to a different Smurf. And he op- the the other Smurf opens the present and gets hit with a bomb again. <laughs> These are two entirely separate scenes that do the same thing. Just padding. I thought that he was going to like, oh, and this next one's going to be a pie and hits him in the face. Nope, just explodes again. Proceeding through two more instances of him pranking people <laughs> with explosives. <laughs> and it, I was so prepared for anything else to happen that it kind of like focused me back into realities oh okay i guess he had the one joke to play and he you know he's just he's doing it multiple times it's it's this 80s children's cartoon you know method it's it's got to be simple because of the age and the and the time it was slapstick misunderstanding simple wordplay these are the bread and butter and like i don't know why people enjoyed it other than being young or looking at it the fucked up way we do. It, I mean, I think most of it was being young, but there's also probably something to be said for just the the, the standards at the time. Uh-huh. This was, you know, it's it's enjoyable in the way any new medium is enjoyable is enjoyable is is just because it's doing things that you didn't think that could be done, especially because it was adapted from like a comic. And 81 is pretty early on in the life cycle, so you had Star Trek TAS is the only one in our roster that predates this. Right. This is way more impressive than that was in terms of almost everything. Mm-hmm. So it, it might have just been nostalgia, or I mean, uh, excuse me, not nostalgia, the opposite, innovation at the time. And it might have been early ages just allowing for, t- for, for, for sort of Teletubby jokes. Well, not yeah. really jokes, but like, Repeating I, the same thing and getting us the same result and getting the same stimulus or uh, same reaction to that stimulus. Uh, and since it is, you know, so long in the past when it started, I think 
nowadays it is viewed through the lens of nostalgia. I tried to find reviews online for people who like oh, it, yeah. who don't have the benefit of nostalgia. And Some I, I hero find put a, an official Smurfs YouTube page up, you know, like, if, you, if you're a Smurfs fan, if you're a Smurfs maniac, it's like, no one's a Smurfs maniac. <laughs> Maniacs are Smurfs maniacs, but that's unrelated. Wait, what? Maniac Smurf? Oh, Maniac Smurf is a maniac. Yeah, he's, he's not great. He's going to be an anarchist when he grows up. What do you think they grow up in? Do you think they die from old age? They showed in uh, like a grandpa Smurf. You know, maybe this is, maybe well, I'm 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 going to discount him for the sake of this. I think he was a shaman. Okay, shaman Smurf is pretty strong. Um, stop naming them like they're RPG characters. <laughs> no, <laughs> Scion Smurf is is a real weirdo. I think I never played World do. of Warcraft, but if I do like an online game where i get to make a bunch of characters they're all gonna be smurfs uh, yeah like rogue smurf yeah i like to call it world of Warcraft. anyway why god that movie is gonna be terrible they're making a movie they're making a fucking warcraft movie Oy. Oy. well they made a smurfs movie oh yeah when they were like gangbusters i i looked it up even though like I think everybody hates it. I think uh, Hank Azaria played Gargamel in this oh the my gosh. movie. The Smurfs, I looked this up, it's 124 on a list of highest grossing movies of all time. Ugh. Between okay. Fifty Shades of Grey and Monsters, Inc. And uh, I believe this show is totally halfway between those two. I th- maybe maybe Gargamel was trying to grind up Smurfs because uh, that was the only place they, he could get Monsters, Inc., Ooh. Yeah. Could, like couldn't that. let that one go by. I like that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> also, grind a smurf sounds marginally worse than pop a smurf. <laughs> yeah, when they get sexually liberated, you know, when, when they, like in their in their Woodstock era sort of uh sort of sort of phase, they, they the try out 200s. new techniques, grinding a smurf, torquing a smurf, Twerking, smirk, smurfing. Is smurfing a, a specific kind of sexual move, or is it just like blanket fucking? It's it's their catch-all term. Yeah, which you know, a catch-all smurf really got a raw deal. <laughs> I don't think that they intended to use them. I think probably maybe a baseball player. What is nope. happening? Nope, Smurf dumpster. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> really smurfed it in the Smurf on that one. Yeah, smurfily. Blech. I didn't care for. I wish Listener, I, I, I wish I hadn't start, done that. Start speaking like Smurfs and see how long it takes for you to become hated in your office. <laughs> um, so let's go into animation. Yeah. So we mentioned the the houses looking pretty. Uh, you know, the mushroom houses looking pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they leave I, the town I, I and go the, out, and, I didn't hate the mushroom houses, Zane. I thought they I mean were they're fun. not terrible. They're very storybook. They're um, kind of MS paint in their design, but like their design is not bad. Right, but when they go out into nature outside of the village, um, it's very detailed, much much better. Like the intro, the trees are beautiful. Hmm. Yeah, and and like, and and Gargamel's castle, like that's it's like a pretty, like that's just a far off mansion for Scooby Doo to explore, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it, it's developing the tonal shift you know you, mm-hmm. you get clear mu- uh, uh visual cues and music clues yeah both uh, the lightning what, could, thro- could strike and it'd be totally normal mm-hmm. 
What I found was interesting about uh, this as opposed to, and I'm just going to use this because it's a cogent example at the time, the animation seems like Scooby-Doo, but less precise. Um, the backgrounds here, because they go like into the environment like the woods, as opposed to being in a 2D hallway, the backgrounds are a lot more fluid than, you know, say, a mansion. So the Smurfs yeah. can move anywhere they want on like this 2D plane and have it make sense. Whereas if you were watching Scooby and Shaggy and they're walking down a hallway making verbal jokes, it's it's a little bit less it looks a bit more precise and like like a little bit more fixed on hinges. Yeah, well the, like almost the, like a roller coaster and these guys that it looks like they're like a little bit more malleable and interactable with their environment which is kind of I neat. think the depth of field that you mentioned that we don't see really in cartoons of this vintage comes from a few different things. One, you know, it comes from a comic where that sort of thing is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um also because of their established size, they're really small, so you know, y- you have to have something big in the background to show that and so you're going to have a lot more um, interplay between the the foreground and background and the last one is just like there's so many of them you need to have these huge crowd shots so you know establishing depth is going to be necessary because you can't just have them all in a line you know they can have scooby and the gang in a line yeah you know they kind of remind me of fraggles now that i'm thinking about it oh yeah in that same way like animation wise like you do the wide pan shot they're all around that like swimming hole um, mm-hmm. Even Gargamel is kind of like the Gorgs in, in, yeah. in a similar way. Wouldn't it be interesting if they had like a, 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 a all noble trash heap shaman in this show? <laughs> you mean Papa Smurf? I mean, not really though. Papa Smurf is like a. He's always there. I don't know. Maybe he is kind of like that. Hmm. Um, um, but yeah. So yeah. so since it's from the comics. Um, mm. Like in DuckTales, you can see the style in the way that they cut between images. Um, you know, they, they have somebody says a line, cut to a different perspective. Um, yeah. With the major addition being, you know, they walk against the repetitive backgrounds in the way that Hanna-Barbera does. Not that repetitive, though. Like, when they're going, like, on kind of a journey, they're, you know, traversing multiple kind of biomes. It, it happened less frequently than I expected it to, hmm. um, but that might have just been because I didn't see a ton of travel episodes. Yeah, ra- random sampling, but I don't know. I didn't I didn't think that the backgrounds were terrible. I mean, you're always in Smurf Village, but sometimes you're near the river. Sometimes you're a little bit underground or near a campsite. It it feels like a like an organic place. It 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 feels like an actual existing civilization. That's I think what I like best about this show is that it feels like a functional society. Hamtaro sort of felt like a proto society or just like kind of a day spa. This one feels really organic, despite its you know mad scientist beginnings. I want to make an analogy to Pikmin, and I'm not sure where it comes in. Nowhere? <laughs> At a glance, nowhere? Yeah, no, you're probably right. I don't know. Like, I mean, that, that is kind of the intro that I set up, is that they're kind of like plant workers. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so um, uh, should we talk about the music and the sound then? Yeah. Um, they, they use the intro song a lot, the Sing a Happy Song, although I think there were different intros for different seasons. So 
I heard a different one, which is very amusing, and I'll cut it in here. Um, the one that sounds almost like a like a teaser trailer for like next up. A little bit, like it's got a, like a a a narrator that sounds like it. The the voice sounds like Bob Ross's life coach or something. Like it's just so calm and like zen a, a, a perspective to have. And he says the weirdest fucking things. Long, long ago, deep in the forest, there was a hidden village where tiny creatures lived. They call themselves Smurfs. They were good. Then there was Gargamel, the evil wizard. He was bad. Oh, I hate Smurfs. Oh, I'll get you. I'll find your village someday. You'll be sorry. Well, the forest is still there. And if you listen, you may hear Gargamel's rage. And if you are good, you may just catch a glimpse of the Smurfs. Near the end of the this, this, like, uh, this introduction that he gives, he says the following line. You can hear Gargamel's rage. What? You you gotta listen to this thing, man. It's really strange. I, you know, I kind of glossed over it because I think different seasons had different intros. So I was like, okay, I get the general idea. You can hear his rage. You can hear Gargamel's rage. I didn't think it was weird at the time, but yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't say it in a like dire tone, he says it in the same way that if you listen closely, you can you might be able to spot a Smurf. <laughs> Bathed just... in the blood of the innocents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got a giggle in his throat the entire time. Um, <laughs> uh, another thing that I was kind of impressed on, um, it has you know a kind of kind of background music that is pretty good i was always pretty into this like the dark ages of animation had a lot of faults the limited animation the obvious plot arcs the 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 banal characters and the psa moments one thing that they do very very well i think is background music yeah well they take it a lot from the classical stuff which is you know it's very useful for representing pastoral life or Mm -hmm. scary adversaries but also because it's you know public domain yeah, like, like I mean, He-Man did this, like, pretty much nonstop. There was kind of always a theme going on in the background. Defenders of the Earth had the same thing. Um, yeah. This, this is, uh, uh, you know, it, it always kind of has a bouncy feel to it, which really helps establish the tone, much like everything else. Like, now that I'm talking about it, although Gargamel seems weird at first, he actually does fit right in. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the villain that needed to be in this show to make it work. Yeah. Like everything's um, more mischievous than fatal. Yeah, and and in terms of that mischief, they use sound cues similar to how Looney Tunes does it. Like they they use it in the same way. So you hear that, oh, that's the night on Bald Mountain. That's scary evil. I know that song. Yeah, or there's that Romeo and Juliet love thing. Like I know what that means. S- sound effects too. Like they'll they'll have a, a smurf running away and it'll be that like kind of whistly sound for scooby or shaggy jumping up a little bit in the air and then leaving a s- smoke trail behind woo, 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 woo. yeah Go you got it and then like the like the scooby-doo scampering noises just like the constant like foot tapping thing yeah and, and you know they are you know kind of reusing props from you know last night's play a little bit but it doesn't 
it doesn't make it worse. Like it still fits. <laughs> I'm just remembering how much cuter it was in Hamtaro that they provided those sound effects themselves. Oh, just like they said them out loud, like Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, better, better, better. So yeah, and that that like the we didn't notice it much at the time, but it's a very funny thing that they like are express. They can only express their they 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 have to have an accompanying sound for each verb. Yeah. I uh, there was a another thing that I noticed is that given how uniform the 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 crafting of all the adjective smurfs are um i thought that they actually had very distinct voices in addition to very distinct facial cues they did and i probably you know would have picked up on more after watching more but there were so many to keep track of and i had such a limited exposure there that, really you know, aren't if, though if hmm. like there really are only like five and like if green you had, smurf like... sounds like uh sounds like gomer pile <laughs> But if you had somebody saying a Brainy Smurf line in the voice of Grouchy Smurf, I I don't think you could do it. I think it has to do with the substance as well as the I sound. I think Brainy Smurf sounds great. Like, that's that's what Brainy Smurf is supposed to sound like. <laughs> Smurfette sounds perfectly... Like, like whoever Smurfette. voice acted these really picked them out well. Because they mm -hmm. all sound like I think they should. And I don't really have a conception for how... I didn't really have a conception for how they should sound beforehand. Um, it's very fitting. It, it is very fitting. Like, the only conception I had coming in was, okay, Papa Smurf is going to remind me of Willie Nelson. That's it. That's all <laughs> I had. Um, but, you know, I didn't know how Smurfette was going to sound. I didn't know how... I could have guessed, but they all sound like... They, they, they sound appropriate, I guess is what I'm saying. And the distinction between the voices along with the facial cues make pretty personalized adjective smurfs which is which is appreciated um yeah i uh i don't know i i, I don't really have a lot else to say for this show nah, me, me neither i didn't like it as much as you seem to have i, 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 I enjoyed find, i find it i enjoyed my own little drinking game <laughs> i enjoy the um you know the music was good um but i it there just wasn't a lot for me to grab onto that I enjoyed. Yeah, and you know, it, it kind of sounds like I'm giving effusive praise for this show. And I think it's because I've done so many 80s cartoons at this point that I don't have a problem slipping into this uh, this rubric where I'm grading all of these 80s cartoons kind of on a separate curve. It's not fun I, to watch. I'm, 80s I'm... cartoons are no longer fun to watch. But yeah. That means that the more interesting they are and the more unique they are gives them respectively more weight. I'm capable of seeing why people like this show, and I was actually surprised by the range of quality of episodes. I thought, like, each episode's going to be the same thing again and again and again, and actually, I was impressed by the, the versatility, which, I mean, I, you kind of have to have if you're doing nine seasons of, like, 50 episodes each. The plots don't seem that uniform to me. Yeah, it's it it's surprisingly varied. Mm -hmm. Um, did did you find yourself being bored by this show? I found myself being entertainingly enraged. Um, <laughs> you can still you know, hear Zane's rage. Um, it's perfectly you're you're. They escalate in a weird way, such that I couldn't just jump to the end of the episode. Mm. Um, because sometimes, you know, it starts off as a problem in the village, and then 
it escalates because Gargamel gets involved. You know, like they're ooh, they're having a personal tiff, and then Gargamel's like, "Here, this Smurf, use this against that Smurf," and then <laughs> you know, some weird like water mermaid nymphs get involved. Yeah, he, he gives them the apple of knowledge. Split yeah. it with Adam Smurf. <laughs> Overthrow Papa Smurf. <laughs> Overthrow your creator and take <laughs> your rightful place by my side. There will be war. <laughs> I command it. God. I, th- I think what I got most out of this show was the infinite, like, I think the most fun shows to talk about are the ones that are endlessly interpretive. And yes. this show is exactly that. I I was bored, but not consistently. Okay. I mean, I'll take that. And it, it does, I, I stand by it. What you are willing to give to this show in terms of your mental energy and in interpreting it does pay off. Right. It, it's one of those weird shows where it's not entertaining as a background thing, and it isn't entertaining passively. Like, you have to engage it. Mm-hmm. But if you do... It is, you know, it, it's not a bad time. It, it it might not be anything that translates very well anymore. Like you said, I can I can totally see its popularity. You you heard it here, folks. You have to engage your Smurf, get on one on one basis, just really yep. stare it down, just grab li- it in your hand, line it just, up, real good. Just line and up call the it shot. Handy Smurf, you know, or Fluffer Smurf if you really want to make a day of it. <laughs> We could come up with an infinite amount of sexual innuendo smurves. And I think I might. <laughs> <laughs> so check the website. This is going to be a good D&D game, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're making a, a D&D adventure that's um, based on animals. What, is that, what does that mean? Like they have dog races and uh, you know cat races and all that. They're, they're making a module for it. How is that, how is that a D&D game? It like uses like D and D stats, but it's it's just like adventures. It it's like Smurf like adventures with animal characters. This is so weird. Like I don't know. Like, it seems like cross pollination of a genre of like two genres that don't make sense. I, I, I like dogs. Each other. Like like D and D does fine in certain situations where you're going into subject matter that is kind of well suited to it. Or, or can at least use the D&D conventions um, in a new way. Like, anything with Lovecraft really suits D&D well, because you have to make, like, a lot of uh, a lot of saving throws or, or go insane. And that's kind of nice. You don't, think, you don't think Smurf culture lends itself to a and d game? Say, it would just be, like, my intro if it was, if it was a and d game. It, you, you know it would—D&D doesn't do well with low, with low drama. It doesn't do well in, like, a Harvest Moon-style setting. Your, your that, characters get bored. I, when you say that, it feels like a challenge. <laughs> you you do what you got to do, man. So I'll work on my Smurf D&D game, and you work on your army of porn Smurfs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I like to refer to them as a, as a, uh, as a harem, but, you know, to, to each other. Smurfotica. What? Smurfotica. Smurfotica, yeah. Ron Smurphy. Anyway. Yep. Not 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 much. Uh, not many places to go here. I'm glad we talked about this. Though. Like, uh, I I I I, I want to repeat it because I think it's an important thing to say. 
like the more interpretive shows are the more fun ones, which is why we have so much fun going back into these '80s shows where <laughs> nothing's explained, so we get to explain it however we want. <laughs> that that is a nice touch. Yeah, but but if you go into a show like uh, like Generator Rex or something, like everything's pre-explained to such a degree that you just have to engage in on its own terms, and its own terms are kind of dumb. I was so close to forgetting all about Generator. Rex. You're welcome. Oh. Nanites, Zane. Nanites Man. did it. <laughs> Like, what if you had, what, like, what if you had Smurfs being, like, created by nanites or midi-chlorians? Good oh, night. Man. The only wrinkle of this show that was engageable just evaporated. Zen, you gotta give me something here. I'm, I'm super tired. I'm passing uh, a baton. <laughs> I, I know, but I'm, I'm so tired right now. Okay, well, well, alright, lazy Smurf, it's alright. Uh, anemic smurf is down for the count they shouldn't keep putting him into the ring like that it is almost animal cruelty zane what are we doing next time well ben we are going to pop a kirby uh, (laughs) right back at you we are going to pop a star pop a star yep so i'm i'm looking forward to that it's still childish but more you know this one benefits from me having actual nostalgia for it Mm mm-hmm which I, I also like going back and destroying my own nostalgia. That that's a it, it's a that's weird... another advantage of this medium <laughs> that we do. And and uh yeah like, oh what is the word? It's almost cathartic to do that. Like, and I guess mm-hmm. it's kind of the genesis for like the the idea, the binding idea for the for our entire podcast is that we're just like looking at the stuff that didn't deserve our affection and removing it to better place it to other things. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to taking Kirby down a peg. I, I'm looking forward to actually trying to defend him, but not the show. Like, I, I don't have... The, there's this weird thing, and I've been getting kind of interested in it lately. Um, what, with, what with the Captain America being a Nazi or whatever? Yeah, that's weird. It is weird, but, like, I don't have a problem in the way that a lot of people... A lot of fandoms seem to um, mm-hmm. in partitioning my enjoyment of a thing with the canon of the thing like right like you you can enjoy it on its own terms and if you don't like the way it ended up you can you personally are able to like change it around in your own mind to what you want it to be and and considering how prolifically people already do that with things like fan fiction i'm surprised that people have such a problem with like quote unquote established continuities Internet, if you were fine writing a fan fiction where Captain America and Papa Smurf go on love adventures uh, with the Green Power Ranger, then you're going to have to be okay with him being a Nazi for a couple months. The Green Power Ranger? <laughs> yes. Honestly, that would not surprise me. <laughs> didn't the uh, didn't the actor turn it turn out to be like a huge asshole? No, I think that was a And do different... MMA? God, there's so many Power Rangers to keep track of. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess they're kind of like Smurfs, but just replaced they're color. color-coded. Yeah, color-coded. Um, but anyway, after <laughs> yeah. after Kirby, what uh, what are we watching oh, then? We're losing steam pretty fist, pretty fast here, Zane. I'm pretty tra- fist. <laughs> I'm trying to. Pretty, I'm trying but to remember from... Fisto, that character. Fisto, fisting Smurf. Yeah. Oh, yes, fisting Smurf. That was the entire eighth season, Zane. <laughs> um, it was just a gif of him just. <laughs> him and handy smurf just doing yep. what comes naturally which is the least natural thing <laughs> uh, so anyway 
the uh, so after that, after Kirby, right back at you. Um, we're going to be watching something that I've talked about a few times before. I think we haven't done Nickelodeon in a bit, and this is a weird one. Oh, um, boy. And one that I sort of have some nostalgia for that I don't quite know how to qualify. We're going to be watching Pelswick. Pelswick. If you don't know what this is, this is a cartoon about a guy in a wheelchair. That's honestly not the most important thing about Discuss. him. Discuss. I mean, I mean, he also has like a Doug fantasy about a fairy godparent or something like that. I thought that was real. Uh, interpretation, Zane. Interpretation. Well, we'll get into cartoons. it. I like that show, I think, the most because, and we'll talk about it, but I think I like Pelswick the most because of how shit-tier his friends are. Like, his, his friends are, like, not friends in, like, a cartoon sense. Like, cartoon friends always kind of have a specialty and bring something out in the group. His friends might as well just not be there most of the time and nothing will change. <laughs> well, we will check They're that so out. so peripheral. Uh, and the Cartoni Awards will be somewhere in there as well. Yeah, I'll figure so, it out. So, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, uh, we must have a way to end this, right? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I am gotta go pop some Smurfs to, uh, you know. Yeah, you do that too much, you go blind, you know. I know. <laughs> I think if you do it twice as much, you gain your eyesight back. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. Psychic Smurf told me. Parabola Smurf. <laughs> Parabola Smurf. Even more infuriating than Brainy Smurf. All he says is like, what goes up must come down. <laughs> okay, w- wait a second. So some Smurfs had like adjective, like um, like a personality trait mm-hmm. Smurf, and some of them had like career Smurf. They, yeah, they, they, some of them had just had like functions. Well, I but, don't know how to square that. Yeah, I... That that makes me think that they couldn't possibly have been, like, conditioned to try to do a thing in society, because a lot of them are pretty useless Smurfs. Like, like, we'll leave leave that for Philosopher Smurf to figure out. Yeah, we'll put him on the case. All right. Uh, Till next time, everybody. Smurf the whole day long. You'll know that I am called the Count Because I really love to Sometimes I sit and all day But sometimes I get carried away I Slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster. Once I start in f***ing, it's very hard to stop. Hey, faster, faster, it is so exciting. I could forever until I drop. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, I love f***ing whatever the amount. One, two, three, four. Hey, 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 hey. One, two, three, four. One, two, that's the song of the count. I f*** the spiders on the wall I f*** the cobwebs in the hall I f*** the candles on the shelf When I'm alone I f*** myself I I f*** slowly, slowly, slowly getting faster once I start in f***ing it's very hard.